You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, on Twitch, on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. The list is too long to really keep going here. Get the podcast, the P-O-D-Cast, wherever you can, because we are the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, from prideofdetroit.com. It's what we do. It's what we're doing here to talk about the Detroit Lions all the time. Uh, it's an obsession. We have something seriously wrong with our brains because we just keep talking about Lions. Lions, 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 Lions. I am Chris Perfett, as always, your adequate host. Adequate host, excuse me, I can't talk uh, because I have a mask on right now. At Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. As always, joined by the editor-in-chief of Pride of Detroit, the fearless mustache, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. That's right. He gets a new nickname. Yeah. I mean, the, the mustache legend grows uh, again as, uh, as Jamal Williams has now added himself to the list of players slash coaches that seem to enjoy it. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what the future holds with this. I think, I think we need to reassess the future of the mustache. We're, we're going to have to call you like El Bigote Sin Miedo or something like the mustache without fear just you i don't know you you want it you've been wanting to get rid of that thing for a while and i don't think it's going to happen we'll see we might have to we might have to start fundraising for it again because i i don't even know anymore no 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 no. that thing is is giving funds back uh <laughs> not to not to spoil something but um let's just again if you didn't see this jamal williams who we're going to talk about in a second uh saw jeremy's mustache and he loved it so you know, the, it's just going to keep rolling. I, I hate that I'm giving all this time to a mustache. Third man of the team. The man of the team. Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan with his own facial hair that uh, was enjoyed by one Deuce Staley. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's it going, Ryan? You look a little shell-shocked. Um, it's going. You know, one one uh, less less than a week until spring break. So that's nice. See, and now here I was thinking, Jeremy, that he was just a little blown uh, blown up because of uh, you know, the first round of the NCAA tournament and his friend Bovada King sixty nine. But I think it's more because just that I forgot Ryan has is teach, and this is the time of year that is uh, vacating his eyes can can we at least get a promise right now that during spring break you're not going to lift your shirt up or anything on stream 
I can't promise that. No, don't <laughs> promise that. That's that's good. That's good. I don't want him to promise that. What I will promise everyone here, though, is we're going to talk about free agency. Jeremy has been. Uh, we've been doing podcasts last week as Jeremy, myself and Eric Schlitt have all jumped in here. Uh, I think Ryan was in for one, too, if I believe I'm kind of losing track of my days. Did a locker room. We've been busy for this week. I uh, I apologize for those of you who try to listen to everything, and I also appreciate those who try to listen to everything. But we've been busy this week because it's free agency, and we're all happy about that. And now here on this podcast, it's time to settle back a little bit, not do emergency podcasts, but to do the regular podcast and just talk about what the Lions have done so far. And we did the free agency preview. Now we'll do the free agency review. We're going to rewind, Whoa. go back and look at it all again uh, with a specific. Uh, we're going to look both at offense and the defense. And then at the end of this podcast, we're going to tell you what's changed about the Lions looking towards the draft and probably address some issues. I think fans have had in regards to just how much effort the Lions are putting into a year that I don't think fans want to see a lot of effort put into. But we start with uh, can can I start with Jamal Williams since we were just talking about him? Can we start with the running backs? Because sure. I think that's where that was the most interesting signing to me was the Jamal Williams signing. I know for basically, you know, DeAndre Swift's going to be your RB one, but he yep. was a signing that I think has made this backfield very dynamic on paper. And between him, carry on Johnson, we're probably seeing Peterson out. But between those three, that is a that is a backfield that is. Uh, dynamic. It is a backfield that is varied. It has a lot of different weapons out. It has a lot of different abilities out there. And I, I thought the Jamal Williams signing, just speaking with some of my Packers fans, it was a sneaky good signing. Yeah. And we, we talked a little bit about it on our, on our locker room because it had just kind of gone down right then. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. And, and the other thing he brings to, I mean, now you, like you, you mentioned, they've got those three guys. They're all, I think, 25 or under. So it brings youth. And that's the mm -hmm. position that you need youth because we also know what happens to, to running backs who kind of cross over that 30 threshold. So um, the, the Lions have finally gotten an RB2 that isn't in the, you know, the the sunset of his career. And so I, I like it. I, I, I was kind of hoping to see um, Carry on Johnson get a, a legitimate shot at the RB2 job. But at the same time, you look at Jamal Williams' cap hits, it's 1.625 this year, 4.375 next year. You can kind of get out of that second year easy if you need to. Um, so you're not investing a whole ton, and you've got a guy who has starting experience. You've got a guy, like you said, who can do it all. He can block, you can catch, you can run. Um, you've, you've got a guy who, who you know, as Ryan likes, best best availability. Best, best, oh, I messed it up. I blew it, but he's available. He doesn't get injured all that often. So he's a guy that you can plug in if he, if something happens to DeAndre Swift or Carry on Johnson, two guys who have dealt with injury issues in the past. You now you got a more reliable guy that can step in and if he needs to take the bulk of the carries. So I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I'm going to give out grades for each of these signings and I'm giving this one a solid B. Plus. B. Plus. Okay. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I'm, Happy with the signing. I would I would give it a B. I, I think there's two things that happen with Jamal Williams signing. One, as Jeremy mentioned, you get a guy who can do he can do it all. He he can run the ball. He can receive. He can also pass protect. And one set that I like is that he has PFF grades of at least 83.3 in each of those things since he was drafted. Mind you, they haven't all come in the same season, but it just shows how capable he is um, of doing all those things. And the second thing that he brings is, as Jeremy also mentioned, that that youthfulness. But 
he's only seen north of 500 snaps just once in his career. So I think the cool thing about this very affordable signing for the Lions is that they get another running back who um, who can, you know, step in in a pinch. But also, you know, they signed him for a couple of seasons. I think that he's going to be in Detroit for a couple of seasons. It's not like a lot of other NFL contracts where you see a guy get signed and we won't even get into voidable years. But you, you see a player sign a contract and then you're already thinking, OK, well, like, when do they have an out? like i'm not worried about having out and out with jamal williams i hope that he's a guy who sticks around for for quite some time in detroit he seems like a very positive person too and i know in his press conference there was the words uh, positive competition and i think for those who are worried about carry on johnson don't be too much because like positive competitiveness that's the that's the key words here and I don't know. I'm going to keep coming back to this, Jeremy, because it just feels so damn. I know I'm getting lost in the window dressing, but this team does feel so damn different in everything they've been doing and how they talk compared to just a year ago, like top to bottom. Just like it's it's about, you know, there, there just seems like a lot more people interested in just seeing to bring out the best on each other and just try to do the teamwork. Now, obviously, this is a this is a coaching staff that hasn't won anything or lost anything yet and obviously things can sour over time but right now out of the gate i think we're seeing we're seeing the veteran leadership of guys who've played the nfl and who are now coaches on display across the board and and to me it's it's not about necessarily the team the team the leadership the, the teamwork that sort of stuff i mean we heard those kind of you know buzzwords from from the last you know regime and you know you get all these football character guys that are just all about the patriot way and all that sort of stuff to me, it's more about personality. I mean, we, we talk about Jamal Williams, the, the football player, a, a good, well-rounded guy. Jamal Williams, the, the personality, if, if you haven't watched his introductory press conference, go watch it. The dude is extremely fun. The dude is positive. He's funny. Uh, he's going to be a personality. And, and throwing him and on Johnson and Deuce Staley in one running backs room, like, I want to be there. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. This team is going to be fun again. It might not be good, but it's going to be fun again. And this running back room, also pretty talented too. So if we're talking about, you know, one group, one position group, I think in this entire team that is both filled with a lot of fun and a good amount of talent, I think the lines are probably set at running back more so than they are any other position on the field right now. I just want to watch anime with Jamal Williams. (laughs) I'll watch Jojo's bizarre adventure with him. Speaking of a bizarre adventure, let's talk about quarterbacks, huh? You want to talk about, I was going to go to wide receiver, but I feel like let's just knock the quarterback. Let's knock the quarterback pin down right now. So Chase Daniels out. Lions tried their damnedest to try to trade him. Uh, did not work. Bad chance. Nobody, nobody bet there. They still save about north of 2 million uh, against the cap by cutting uh, Chase Daniels. So there's that. And then Tim Boyle comes in. He is your back new backup quarterback in Detroit uh, to Jared Goff. Well, I thought Jared Goff had a pretty interesting and a pretty good uh, introductory press conference coming to Detroit. I know a lot of fans aren't really high up on him right now, but I feel like I need to devote a later podcast to just to, to Jared Goff. But Tim Boyle is your backup quarterback. Jeremy, this is your favorite topic to talk about backup now, quarterbacks and to talk I'm about a backup quarterback. I'm immediately throwing this to Ryan because Ryan was trying to hype up Tim Boyle a little bit when the <laughs> signing first went down via a, a Packers writer. So I'm I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to let you hype up Tim Boyle because one, I don't care about backup quarterbacks. Two, try to convince me again. 
that, let, that this let, is something worth caring about. Okay, let's let's keep things into perspective here for a minute. Okay, so it wasn't me who hyped up Tim Boyle. It was Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who is a Green Bay Packers beat writer, and he's been writing on the Packers beat for quite some time. He had a tweet that said, good signing for the Lions in regards to Tim Boyle. He will push Goff for the starting job. No. I immediately read that tweet, and I was like, that's not as complimentary of Tim Boyle as it is an indictment of Jared Goff. And it was funny because I, I quote tweeted that and Silverstein liked it. So clearly he has a feeling about Jared Goff. Is he, um, is he a Rams beat writer? I, yeah, right. So um, <laughs> the, the, he, here's what I'll say about Tim Boyle. I think that legitimately he can come in and he can win the backup job sure. from David Blau. Yep. I think that that's More. definitely that's on not the hard. Table. That's not hard. Well, let's just say that Tim Boyle will go down as the greatest backup Lions quarterback who came from UConn. Okay. Ouch, that's a very, that's a Ouch, very specific, very specific. <laughs> this is March, baby. Yeah. This is I'm March. Gonna, Shoot your shot. I'm I'm going to let that Dano slam slide and, and just give this a flat C. Um, they basically took the Chase Daniel savings and spent it on Tim Boyle. Okay, great. Who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Jeremy. Like, it's pretty much like a non-needle mover to me. But what it does do is, like, you get younger at the position. So it's like another guy that you can potential. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to wide receiver before I lose my mind. So, I mean, I think we've talked a little bit about Tyrell Williams, Tyrell Williams before, and the Lions added two more with Brashad Perriman and Khalif Raymond, formerly of the Titans. I like both signings, uh, to be honest. I know uh, Paraman's usually been like, what, a wide receiver three or so in some of the places he's been, sometimes two. But, I mean, he's had a few, like, plus 500 seasons. I know actually in Tampa, I think it was Tampa 2019, he had something like close to 700 yards, Jeremy. 650, I believe. And then, yeah, and then uh, Khalif Raymond is basically your replacement for Jamal Agnew. Right now, your your special teams kick returner out there. Yeah, I mean, all three of these moves kind of just feel like keeping your head above water a little bit here. They're all one year deals. They're all twos and threes and maybe four wide receivers. There's there's not a clear number one here. Maybe Tyrell Williams. I know Oakland. He kind of became the number one guy after everything went went bad with Antonio Brown. He did okay, um, but I think Tyrell Williams is is probably better as a two. Brashad Perriman's probably better as a three. And Khalif Raymond's probably your four, who's also your punt returner and kick returner. So they're still just kind of looking for that number one. And, you know, I I think all signs are pointing towards that's probably going to happen in the draft. Um, Could be with that that number seven pick, but it's also good depth in this year's draft at the wide receiver position. So yeah, hold hold that thought. Hold that thought because we'll talk about how I think things are going to change. Uh, for the draft. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts? Because I also want to talk about at least one person who uh, who's left too. Yeah, for sure. I, Rashad Perryman is an interesting signing to me because I think that he started to put things together a little bit in Tampa Bay. And then he did himself a disservice by going and playing football for the New York Jets. Um, I mean, <laughs> he this still had 500 like, yards with with Sam Darnold throwing to him. That's impressive still to me. Yeah, for sure. He's a guy who really struggled with injuries. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was a former first round pick and Mm -hmm. he was, you know, touted coming out of UCF as a absolute burner. And then it was injury after injury after injury. 
maybe he is a reclamation project. These are the types of guys that we were expecting to get in free agency. So to get a guy like Brashad Perryman, I think I'd give that like a solid C plus because the upside is there. But as you guys mentioned, I mean, he probably tops out as like a wide receiver three, but you know, you are just kind of keeping your head above water. I'm, I'm actually real excited to see Tyrell Williams play uh, for, for the lions this season. And I don't know if he'll necessarily go in. Let me say this. I don't know if he'll finish the season as wide receiver one, but I do think he'll go into the season as wide receiver one, regardless of what the lions do in the draft. Um, but Tyra Williams is, he's an interesting, interesting signing to me. My favorite stat for Tyra Williams is that he's averaged 16.1 yards per reception during his career. So <laughs> A guy of his size, a guy, a, yeah, a guy of his ability. Um, that's uh, that that's an impressive thing. And you know, they 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 lost some big play guys, right? They lost Marvin Jones. They lost Kenny Galladay. Well, they did their they did their damnedest to try to replace those guys and kind of what they provide on a budget. And you know, Tyrell Williams, you could do a lot worse than Tyrell Williams this offseason. And and it proves they're looking for something different too, right? Like these receivers are nothing like the ones that they had before. It's mm-hmm. all about speed, a hundred percent about speed, 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 and that that speed, speed SEC speed. And and yeah, and that I think that's that's going to help Jared Goff out a little bit. I, you know, I listed him as as a loser of Week One free agency, but the one thing that I, I failed to mention was that they're getting guys that he's comfortable with. They're getting those speed guys that he was used to in Los Angeles. So that's that's why I, I get it. Like I, I totally understand the strategy. Like you spent. Less, you're probably going to spend less than 10 million on three guys instead of spending, I don't know, 18 million on on one guy that that, that is going to be parting in, in New York in a little bit. Uh, so I, I, I get the approach. It's not one that's very exciting. It's not one that um, is going to, I, going to make any any splashes, I would say, in 2021. But it's it's a completely logical move. So I'll go Tyrell Williams, B minus, Brashad Perriman, C. It's fun to have a Perriman again. D plus. I mean, nothing against a guy, but he's just a punt returner. Yep. And for me, I just want to talk real quick because we did lose. You know, you talk about what Detroit has lost. It's definitely a minus as far as wide receiver because you lose Marvin Jones to the Jaguars. You lose Agnew to the Jaguars. You lose Galladay. I thought Galladay. Um, I'm really interested to see what he's going to do in in New York with the Giants. I think that's probably like one of the better landing places he could have picked. Because I I I don't know I know it's kind of in vogue to kind of crap on Daniel Jones, but he quietly was putting things together near the end of that season. I know he grades well via PFF metrics on uh, passes deep downfield, and guess who helps him with that? Kenny Galladay, a guy a guy who can you can throw up to the jump ball. And for Galladay, he got exactly what he wanted there. I know he we kind of it wasn't odd free agency Ryan for Galladay because at first it looked like he was not going to get 18 million and just some somehow out of the blue the Giants found that money for him I mean there was a point in which he was going to the Bengals and saying that he wanted a one-year contract so yeah I that that was that I I saw a few guys who were trying to take those one year one year prove it deals with this low salary cap and I'm just I just thought that was the wrong the wrong way to go about it, especially in the NFL, where not it means not for long and who knows how long you get to play. So four years is, is very good for Kenny. 
I think I'm Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay might be the winner of free agency in terms 100%. of contracts, because, I mean, if you consider the position, the way the market had just absolutely cratered, you got guys like Juju Smith-Schuster who aren't getting the types of contracts that they're getting. The only guys who are getting paid are the ones that are getting franchise tagged. Kenny, Kenny Galladay came out with a bunch of guaranteed money and $18 million a year. Good job. And a good landing spot. Again, like I think with the quarterback and the running back to kind of complement it, like that's a good offense for the Giants. They've got a good lot offense. of weapons there. Yeah. The the one thing I, I just question is is Daniel Jones's arm. And I know I think PFF has been kind of pushing the narrative that, you know, his deep ball accuracy is actually pretty darn good. And and that could benefit a guy like Kenny Galladay who who makes a lot of deep ball catches, but um he doesn't have the fire. He doesn't have the cannon that Matthew Stafford has to fit it into into tight windows. So I don't know. I don't know how it'll play out. I do think they they probably overpaid a little bit given everything else around him, but they did their due diligence. They had him do a like 48 hour interview. It sounded like they, they were questioning some of the the things that came up apparently in, in Detroit, um, you know, like the time he went missing on a Saturday, um, but then didn't. And then, you know, the, the liking of Matt Patricia and, you know, he's going to Joe Judge. He's going for Matt Patricia than Joe Judge, which is not necessarily <laughs> ideal if he's going out liking Matt Patricia gets fired Instagram posts not sure Joe Judge is, is exactly where he wants to land but you know there, there is a certain um match in that there, there are a lot of weapons and hopefully it opens him up because I'll be rooting for him yeah for sure real quick let's grade the last two positions on offense tight end Josh Hill in Jesse James out Jesse James obviously a lot of cap saving Josh Hill kind of the quick uh you know vet uh less than $1 million deal uh, for him. Uh, just real quick on tight end. Josh hey. Hill, I think, is the sneaky signing of the Lions for agency period. I know Jeremy just wants to give it an A, and um, I'll give it like a B plus because he's a tight end two who will probably more function along the lines of in terms of like statistical production as like a tight end three. But the thing about Josh Hill is he's going to be a guy that is going to be, I think he he's just going to be praised and heralded by the people who watch film. I, I think right. with Josh yeah. Hill, like he's, yeah. he's going to be the guy who's not going to show up in the box score. <laughs> but then again, Jesse James was a guy who didn't show up in the box score. So that's clearly a huge upgrade for the lions. And it's weird that I'm touting tight end two as maybe their best, like their best signing. But like it's really sneaky good in terms of what can open up for the run game, right, Jeremy? I mean, they they and they saved money doing it. They cut Jesse James, got two point one four million back. They spent less than that on a replacement that's better than him and more suited to what they want to do: run the ball, be physical on on the front lines, and and yeah, and then maybe Hunter Bryant becomes what Jesse James should have been. Or Kyle and real Pitts. quick in two and real yeah. quick in two words: offensive line. Nobody comes in. Joe Dahl and Ode Ibushi out. Just real quick on the grade. I'm I'm D like, what are they doing? What's the plan here? There's no offensive line depth right now. I, I, <laughs> Odiabushi signed a one point seven five million dollar contract. You can afford that. I don't I don't know the plan here. I, I, I I'm not thrilled about Logan Stenberg. Maybe it's Halapuli Vati Vatai at right guard. And and I don't know, you're rolling the dice with Tyler Crosby at right tackle. Maybe. Yeah. Right uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we we'll talk about it in the third segment, but I think that the draft is something that is going to provide opportunities, especially for interior offensive linemen, because everything I've read, um, including from Dane Brugler, you know, he mentioned that the interior offensive line class is 
is deep, but it's not very top heavy. So maybe they might be, you know, looking at the drafts and saying we can we can pick up one of those guys to fill in that spot. But I agree with you, Jeremy, like as it stands right now, if the if the board doesn't fall their way and they miss out on their guys, well, then it's like scrambling for veterans. And when you could have, you know, signed Ode Ibushi for really cheap or you could have just kept Joe Dahl. Yeah. Uh, besides Sewell, who is a tackle, like I don't I haven't seen a lot of guards getting first round uh, grades here, but we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back. We'll flip the side of the ball, go to defense, get some more takes. In, and then later on, again, we're going to talk about looking at the Lions going forward about what this means for the draft. I've been hitting it a few times and we have it coming for you down the pike here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Part two of the Pride Detroit POD cast rolling in here. I'm Chris Perfett. He's Jeremy Reisman. He is Ryan Matthews, the rock god. And we're moving on to looking at what the Lions did in free agency on the defense now. Uh, the big name, Jeremy, as uh, I think I can say this as the big name, although maybe not. I, I'm curious to see where he, he lands out on the depth chart is Michael Brockers, who the Lions gave up a seventh round pick to acquire Michael Brockers. And um, I think they got something else in return today. No, no, no. It was just a seventh round. It was just a seventh round Uh the background on this is that the Rams couldn't cut a new deal with Michael Brockers. They wanted to restructure his deal so they could help him out. They could help him out uh, the Rams out, excuse me, with the cap. He didn't want to restructure his deal. So the Lions took him, gave up a seventh round to do so. Lions have now penned him to a new three year contract. He's here in Detroit. He's here in Detroit. It follows in Jared Goff, who um, very quick to clarify his comments from the TMZ days about uh, Goff and Stafford, which I'm more than willing to throw away anyway. Like, you get caught out in the open, you're not going to be the most polished. You're just going to say, yeah, the guy we got is a super upgrade. That's fine. And Brockers, though, I think brings a lot of... We we talked about character with Jamal Williams. Michael Brockers, Brockers, I feel like, brings a lot of character to to the defense. Yeah, and he's also the most talented guy that they brought in so far. I mean... Jared Goff, maybe, but Michael Brockers is, I think, bar none, 
the most impressive move that they've made so far. I would give it a, a solid A minus, maybe even an A. Um, a twenty twenty third round, a twenty twenty three seventh round pick is essentially trading nothing. You're essentially getting for him for free. And then the big concern was you were taking on a big eight nine million cap hit over the next two years. Um, and and the Lions fixed that by saying, hey, here's a brand new deal. Your 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 year one cap hit's going to be three million. It's going to bump up to nine million next year, and that's that's the one that's going to be a little tougher to manage. And then it's almost twelve million the year after that, but you can essentially cut them and 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 recoup most of that. So you're essentially getting Michael Brockers for nothing. He's a, a leader. He knows what this defense is going to be all about. Now, were his stats a little inflated because he's playing next to Aaron Donald? Yeah, of course it was. Absolutely. But you're getting a guy that's high character. You're getting a guy who's excited to be here, which, again, that sounds weird to say because you're going from a, a playoff slash Super Bowl contending Los Angeles Rams team to a team in rebuild. And, and I know he won't agree to those terms of, of explaining what the line situation is, but he seems to have gotten sold by, you know, Dan Campbell and company and signed an extension here. So um, I, I love the move. I, I'm not expecting him to, to bring Super Bowls here right away. And he probably doesn't even see the third year of that deal. So the Lions probably aren't going to be a successful team by the time he's gone. But you've got a, a, a guy who can really kick, I think, kickstart a rebuild because of his talent and, and more so because of his leadership. Yeah, it's a great signing. I would give it an A+. And I guess technically it's a signing because they extended his contract, right? Is that what we're kind of sure. kind of fudging, fudging, you know, free agency classes on? But the Brockers thing is an A plus because what was a 2023 seventh round pick going to net you? You know what I mean? So there's zero risk in this at all. I, I, like even the contract, like I'm not even really concerned with the extension or anything. I know people... You know, they were excited to get the name Brockers because of what he's been able to do in St. Louis slash Los Angeles. But I think the thing that they were wary about was once they said, like, well, contract extension, contract extension. I mean, for a guy who, you know, is 30, as Eric Schlitt pointed out on the locker room chat, you know, defensive interiors. I mean, look at Sue. He's still 35, 36 almost, I think. And he's still a productive guy. So. I like Michael Brocker, uh, Michael Brockers. I, I really like the move. Yep. Yeah. And on the other side going out is Danny Shelton. Lions save four million there and Nick Williams taking a pay cut. Uh, Lions saving quite a bit there. So I think there's some room to be made as far as the defensive line, as far as depth. But maybe that comes in when we ta- start talking about the edge where the big new, the big can not can even I, addition. Before we get to edge, can, can we talk about the Nick Williams cut? Because that their trade pay cut because that just broke today and i think it's kind of an interesting move yeah let's talk about it like why why would he take a pay cut jeremy well i mean there there's a lot of reasons why i mean you don't want to no player wants to take a pay cut he's Mm -hmm. you know he's maxing out what he can make this year i think at two million he is getting five hundred thousand guaranteed with a a brand new signing bonus five hundred thousand of his uh salary this year is also guaranteed so he's getting a million in the pocket guaranteed which kind of just goes to tell you like he probably knew if he hit the free agency market in this free agency, probably wouldn't have worked out too well for him um, because, you know, the Lions had all the leverage here. If they cut him, they, they could have saved four four point seven million or, or so. And so they're like, hey, man, we, we like what you want to bring. And, and this is the surprise to it all, right? Because we all expected Nick Williams to be cut, especially over Danny Shelton, I think, because Danny Shelton brought a little bit more to the table. But Nick Williams is a little bit more of a pass rusher, so that might be why he's kind of more in favor with this. Uh, coaching staff and I mean 
you, you saved now 2.7 million that you weren't going to save if you just kept him. So instead of it's, it's basically, do you want Nick Williams and $2.7 million worth of cap space? Or do you want no Nick Williams and $4.7 million of cap space? Can you find a Nick Williams replacement for $2 million? I don't know. Probably not. It, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not the hugest Nick Williams fan. So uh, I, I'm going to give this a grade, even though it's technically not a, an acquisition. I'm just going to give it a straight C. Like, I, I get it now. I was I was pretty pretty skeptical that they were keeping Nick Williams on the roster, but now it makes a little bit more sense. I, I think my thought process with it, Jeremy, from Nick Williams' perspective, is that my best years were in Chicago. I had a pass rush around me. I was able to sign a rich contract with the Detroit Lions. If I'm going back out into free agency, well, I'm hoping that A, I can you know at least get paid close to what I was making, and B, go to some place that has some talent along their defensive line. We talked about it on our locker room discussion. Uh, we talked ourselves back into it on the locker yeah. room discussion. The Lions defensive line might be the best part of their defense. Flowers, Okwara, Brockers, and now Nick Williams. I mean, Nick Williams is certainly the, the, the low light of that, but... And Penasini. <laughs> and Penasini, and... And, and and that's not even mentioning the young guys that we're hoping takes, you know, finally take that jump in, in Austin Bryan and Julian O'Quara. But yeah, there, there's there's promise there. So if I'm Nick Williams, I'm hitching my wagon to those guys. And hopefully I can have another productive season and make a new contract somewhere else. Moving on to Edge, uh, there's not too much to really talk about besides the big coup, I think, for the Lions, which is Romeo O'Quara staying. But I mean, that's a big coup. That's a big coup. And we talked about it in our emergency podcast. It's also a good story for a guy who was undrafted to turn around, make a lot of money. And you just hope, I think, Jeremy, that we're going to keep getting the same kind of edge production out of Romeo Quara. That's not going to be another uh, hot and cold situation. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a risk. Um, we, we saw, you know, Romeo Quara's kind of career bud a little bit in Detroit. Um Obviously, last year was his best year by far, not only with the 10 sacks, but all the pressure rate stats and all that stuff. Um, but they're they're making a pretty significant commitment to him. You know, only 4.5 million cap hit this year, but that raises to 14 and a half for the next two years after that. And he probably sees both of those years. So um, it's it's a significant investment. It's a it's a it's a slightly risky one, but he's a young guy. He's a guy that the, the staff clearly likes. Um, he clearly made an impression both probably with tape and, you know, his personality. and. Apparently it was an easy resigning, according to Romeo. Um, he wanted to be back with his brother, so um, I think it worked out for everyone in the end. There, we just hope that his uh, his career continues to to rise, and we see him with Julian on the field at some point. Yeah, get the brothers going. Yeah, uh, Ryan, if I may, um, I want to kick Charles Harris over to you. So, and I think what might be lost from the Lions. So Charles Harris signs with the Lions. Um, not too much. I remember. I think last time I heard Charles Harris's name was he got ejected for going after Teddy Bridgewater's head on Thursday Night Football. So not too much to say there. But I think the Lions might be looking eventually at a life without Everson Griffin. Yeah, I, I would. I would venture to guess um, Everson Griffin probably won't be a Detroit Lion next season. But um, the the thing I like about the Charles Harris signing is kind of in a similar vein to the Brashad Perryman signing. It's mm -hmm. another guy who was a former first round pick, showed promise at times, but, you know, injuries and other things just prevented them from, you know, reaching their, I guess, quote unquote, 
draft day potential. So I, I like, you know, the exchange with Sheila Fordham about, you know, what she wants Charles Harris to do. Seems like he's, you know, uh, a mercenary coming in to do one thing and that's rush the passer. So, you know, everything aside from the last regime, the one thing we've been begging for even before them was a pass rush. And at least the Lions are trying to do that. In, yeah. in some form and fashion. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thread between Okwara and Harris, two guys who can rush the passer. That's where the focus is going for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think Charles Harris's career is probably done-ish. I mean, he had three sure. sacks last year with Atlanta and, you know, we're calling that a resurgence in his career. Like that, that's, that's the flash that he showed. Um, I'm not in, entirely certain that, that Charles Harris makes the roster. If I'm being completely honest, like I know he's got 1.75 million in, in cash and it's all guaranteed. So they'd be taking on a little bit of a cap hit there. If, um, if they decide to, to part ways because they, they get nothing in savings, but I don't know. I, I, I think it doesn't hurt to, to take swings like this because you're only paying less than 2 million. Um, and, and given where the lines are at, this is, this is pretty much the only thing they can do this year. They're not going out and bi- getting building blocks of the future because the camp, the cap won't let that happen. And they probably shouldn't be doing that right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glossing over this one and not, not, not chalking this one up as a win, probably a, a D signing for me. I think it's what she, it's, it's basically due diligence is the way I look at it is like, if you've got something in Charles Harris, you take a flyer on it, you blow you know, less than 2 million, just see what you've got in him. If you don't have anything, then you're not going to really miss that money this year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what the hell are the Lions doing with linebacker right now? Nobody I think knows. <laughs> nobody not, knows. I, maybe they just won't play any next year. <laughs> that might be given the last five years of Lions linebacker play. I think that might be ideal, Jeremy. <laughs> so Jared Davis is going to the Jets and getting five point five million guaranteed. Uh, I guess, you know, hey, if Robert Sala can turn him around, by all means, go for that, it. Dude. That's good. Good. Go for it. Sala, you you figure him out. I'm, I'm kind of I kind of got exhausted trying to figure out if Jared Davis was going to rebound or not. Reggie Ragland also goes to the Giants on the veteran minimum. I think that was kind of, I, I think he could have gotten a little bit more than the minimum, but I mean, he didn't really do much favors for himself here in Detroit under, under the last year he played. Just, he's and, just a better, better fit in New York, another Patriot style yeah. defense. And and he was, he was okay here. Just not what the lines want now. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of the you, you say the Pedro Sal defense. That kind of feels like what the attrition at linebacker is right now, Jeremy. Yeah. It's basically like, hey, all these guys fit one specific system that we just can't do. So, like, you know, the 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 big survivors, Jalen Reeves Mabin. Um, he's sticking around, and I know his cap hit is actually quite low this year. I think 1.1 million. But uh rest assured the Lions need to do something with linebacker. I just don't know what it is right now. Yeah, I mean, J- Jamie Collins and Jelani Tavai. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looks around the room and says, "Which of you guys were former Patriots linebackers?" <laughs> but, <laughs> but we can, have do they financial still even have enough commitment yeah. to? Yeah, yeah. Do they, I? I just want to ask: Do they still have enough to do a three-four base, though? Like, no. Do but I don't think they're really going to. I think. I think they're going to have five dbs on the field more so and and i mean it it, it also depends on who is julian okwara linebacker and edge or, or mm-hmm. defensive end and, and, and same with austin bryant same with 
really Romeo Quar. Like all these guys are going to sometimes have their, their hands in the dirt and sometimes they won't Charles Harris as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, just silly they, designations, right? Like right. Yeah. four, three, three, four, whatever. Yeah. We are getting to kind of an, an era of defense where everything is very well hybridized. As mm-hmm. you say, you're starting to see like five back D, five DB sets and everything. So, yeah, I want to I want to say real quick, if Robert Sala can turn Jared Davis into Fred Warner, the Lions <laughs> lost in terms of their coaching search. The, the cake that they bought was not nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> Get a better cake. Get Fudgy the Whale next time. Just been fudge, nice everyone cake. likes everyone likes Fudgy the Whale. <laughs> Lions screwed up by not getting Fudgy the Whale. Speaking of getting better cake, can the Lions sign anybody in their secondary? Yeah, that's the next story we've got here. Let's start with cornerbacks as um, Desmond Trufant out. We expected that. Justin Coleman out. I think we expected that. That's like almost 11 million in cap savings between those yeah. two guys yeah. walking away. So yeah. that's They're big, all- but... Yeah. Go on. Also, also cutting the guy that they were expecting to be their CB one and their starting nickel corner a yeah. year ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I I kind of pushed back on this when Eric proposed it, but like, it's starting to look like yeah, maybe Imani Oruari and Jeff Okuda are your two starting corners. I I was hoping they'd add a veteran to to push the competition there, and, and there's still plenty of time. Maybe they do that. Maybe they draft a guy. But I think the main concern right now is nickel, and that's where a visit comes in. Um, that might be happening in in Quan Williams of uh, the the 49ers free agent nickel guy. I think a guy with a lot, a lot of promise. Um, He was basically the starter for three or four years there. He was actually pretty good uh, before he went there. There was just kind of, there was a weird thing with his injury where, um, I I, I don't even remember, what was the team before the 49ers he was on? He was with Cleveland. Cleveland, that's right. And and there was some sort of like dispute with his injury. It ended with him getting cut. The 49ers came in, swooped him up. Um, and, and he really has been a, a really, really good nickel corner since then. And so I'd love for the Lions to, to be in on him. It sounds like the 49ers are interested. There are some other teams interested in him. It might drive the price up a little bit where they might not be willing to spend. But um, that would be a really, really good signing that would make me feel really, really good about the, 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 the future of the nickelback position. Yeah, but oof, if you're Jeff Okuda, you've got nowhere really to hide right now. We're going to learn. I know we've all been saying that his talents like, OK, I, I know, again, corners need time to develop in the NFL. But at the same time, it was like a third third overall pick, too. And it's uh, things are going to have to come around pretty fast now for Okuda because it seems like with the depth right now, he's going to be thrown in the fire. But I think, Ryan, this is another draft class where there are plenty of corners for you to have. But I feel like we've been saying that about a lot of positions that uh, the Lions are just not going to have uh, the picks to get everyone they want at every position they need right now. Yeah, but the thing that's the thing that's concerning about that is the Lions top cornerbacks might be very young players. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. I'm right there with Jeremy, like you need more veteran bodies back there. So another interesting name, not necessarily a cornerback, but a guy who can, you know, kind of play a little bit of whatever in the defensive backfield because he, you know, Lions hosting him for a visit and yeah. potentially they can they can bring him into the fold. So. We'll see. I, I, I think even after the draft is done, you're going to see the Lions maybe churn out some veteran camp bodies at cornerback, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that brings us to safety, though, which, again, besides the visit planned by DeMonte, DeMonte Kazee 
no real change. Miles Killebrew, he is signing with the Steelers. We don't have contract details there. So, so much for your safe bet on buying the Miles Killebrew jersey. Yeah. I mean, I one of our I, oldest jokes finally falls. This, I mean, this is kind of what, I mean, we're going to get to it right next, but like, what are the Lions doing with special teams? Maybe, maybe they don't care. Maybe that, I mean, they get rid of a good special teams coordinator. They, they, they get rid of, I mean, some key special teamers. I, I don't, I think the special teams could be, they get rid of Jamal Agnew. They get rid of who we're about to talk about, Matt Prater. I don't like not signing Miles Kilber. I mean, he's also a leader in that locker room. I mean, in terms of character, you have to imagine he's a perfect fit for what Dan Campbell wants. So I don't quite understand this. We'll have to wait and see what the the Steelers contract is. Maybe it was just ridiculous um, for a special teamer. But uh, I can't imagine it's that much, so I'm I'm a little perplexed by that move. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna see some new guys probably playing on special teams that we're not used to seeing playing on special teams too. So it might be a bit of a learning experience. But again, we don't have the full picture in front of us there. But speaking of special teams, you did mention Matt Prater. He's out. He got six point five million over two years with the with the Arizona Cardinals. Which I guess Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you in the sense that maybe it just didn't make sense to pay for a kicker. And, you know, kickers have the shelf life that they have, but this isn't a team that probably was interested in allocating those type of, you know, financial resources to a position that they can move on with. But you look, I mean, look, you look at the contracts here and they could have, in my opinion, they're spending 1.68 million on Randy Bullock in cap space this year. Matt Prater is costing the Cardinals 2 million in cap space this year. And yes, that bumps up to 4.5 million next year, but they can recoup all but 1 million of that next year. If they cut him, they could have afforded that deal. And Matt Prater wanted to be back. Why did they do it? It would have cost him less than point less than 400,000 more in cap space than what they ended up spending this year. Well, maybe all of the people that are in my Twitter mentions when I'm telling them to like divert their eyes from thinking that Matt Prater is a catastrophe and he's falling apart in front of your eyes and he's never going to be the same guy again. Maybe you're right, Jeremy, if you're being that guy. That that's the only but truly like Jeremy you just said like if you know Prater wanted to be back the contract yeah. seems reasonable that maybe they didn't have to spend the kind of money that we thought they were going to have to spend. Yeah. What other explanation is there other than maybe the lion said, we're just going to go another route. I don't like it. I don't if like I can, it. I, I F, do want, F. I don't. Yeah, go on. No, just F. Just saying enough. F. enough. He's saying F, but like, come on. I, I'm not, I'm not going to crap on Randy, but the Randy Bullock signing. The guy is the Beng- Bengals fans will. Yeah, I'm sure. But he was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yeah but I mean, he's like, not horrible he's not horrible no but like I, 2019 I he was an 87 percent kicker that was better than matt prater in 2019 last year 2020 80 field goal percentage kicker like that's better than matt prater last year too like by percentage he's he's a better kicker i think the other thing to consider though is that randy bullock has as many 50 yard attempts as matt prater has in like half a season <laughs> like two yeah two years maybe <laughs> sure yeah but he, uh, th- and uh, that was going to get to my positive spin my positive spin is now the lines aren't going to be kicking so many field goals from 50 plus yards now they'll actually go for it they i'm they, if i'm being honest they'll probably punt but uh go for it go <laughs> oh, okay. for it go for it <laughs> no so now you're excited about punting no everybody. i'm not That's excited what just nope. said. no look no, we've got jack fox 
No, 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 no. You're allowed to be excited no. about punting. You've no. got Jack Fox. <laughs> not, not if you're punting from the other side of the field. Oh, you just watched Jack Fox. Nope. 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 <laughs> yes. Nope. Yes. 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 Uh, speaking of memes and the special teams, one more note before we get out of here to the next segment. A plus. Dom, Dom, okay. <laughs> Long snapper. Done. All right. Long, Long, snap, Long snapper, short analysis. Let's go. <laughs> just that's all that needs to be said. All right. We're going to take a break here. We come back on the other side. Uh, it's time for takes. We're going to evaluate what this means, I think, for the big picture for the Lions what it means going into the draft and um as always I, the the weird politics of how much the lions are spending to put a team together this year and everything else about that we'll be right back on the pride of detroit pod cast Closing up the shop here on the Pride of Detroit POD cap. Find it down, and we've covered both sides of the ball now for free agency. And uh, I want to talk about what you guys think this means for the Lions because I, we we just the offense. I feel like it looks like the Lions spent a lot of time kind of picking up parts of the offense in free agency, not the offensive line though. And then we look at the defense up front. Lions okay, but the back seven is going to need a bit of work. So I guess, does this change anything for you as far as what the Lions should be targeting in the draft? Or do you, do you have any kind of better or more uh, clarified predictions towards the top of the draft now of what the Lions should be targeting? Um, if you want me to take that one, I think free agency has changed Absolutely nothing about the draft. Not mm -hmm. a single thing. Not a damn thing. Quarterback is still on the table. Wide receiver is still on the table. Doesn't matter. And you want to know why? Look at the terms of these signings. Tyrell Williams, one year. Josh Hill, one year. Jamal Williams, two years. Tim Boyle, one year. One year. One year. One year. One year. They're keeping their head afloat for this year. None of these guys are here long term. Except for Brockers, essentially. Um, you, don't, you don't draft so that you're good this year. You don't draft to fill holes for 2021. Yes, they need a linebacker. Yes, they need a corner. Yes, they need a safety. Yes, they, they need a wide receiver this year. But that's not how you draft. You draft talent for guys in your future. So I don't think anything they've done in free agency should prohibit any, any position that, that, wasn't, that was part of the conversation before. Period. You're, and you're saying that specifically at seven, Jeremy? Really, the entire draft. I mean, we, we know Brad Holmes can get solid contributors in the third and fourth round. And so if he can get a starter at any position in the third and fourth round, even at running back, I will allow it. I will allow it. Um, mm -hmm. Because I just think, I mean, again, like it, you, you're, you're on carry on Johnson's last year. Jamal Williams has two years left. You don't have a long-term plan there necessarily behind uh, DeAndre Swift. So like literally everything is on the table for every round as long as you're getting good value, period. And I think that's the jumping off point for me is that when I look at the top of the draft, if you start picking out the guys that will provide the most value at seven, I have an article about it coming out tomorrow on Pride of Detroit for the open thread. But my like whole idea is 
with the Lions, they're getting an opportunity for value to meet need. And I think that wide receiver is absolutely a need. You mentioned, you know, Tyra Williams, a one year deal, Brashad Perryman, a one year deal. The Lions don't have a long term solution at, at wide receiver. So I while yes, there are other positions that are totally worthwhile, you know, taking at number seven, for instance, they could draft a tackle and I would say, Oh, all right. So Vitae is a guard. All right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I'm fine with that. Cool. Yeah. But I, I truly think that the lions, you want to go with the guard too, or I'm sorry, you want to go with the wide receiver because you have Jared Goff. Don't you want to put him in a position to be as successful as possible? Getting a speedy wide receiver that can create separation like a Jamar Chase, like a Devonta Smith, like a Kyle Pitts. Now this podcast is in the pits. That's going to. Oh, yes. Okay, so we had Tua talk in the pits. Pit stop. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Oh, no. More car talk. (laughs) Just what this podcast needs, baby. Listen, I learned how to change my oil this pandemic. It might be the most productive I've been this entire calendar year. I'm ready for car talk. Uh, Is there. This is really early on in the process, Jeremy, and I know that you haven't done a whole bunch of draft research, but is there any guy that you would want the Lions to take at seven if he was there, even if it meant not trading back and having the opportunity to do so? I think Jamar Chase. I don't know how how likely it is he's there, but I mean, you're if you look at a lot of ways that that mock drafts are going as of late, and and who knows if that's a reflection of reality or not. But quarterbacks are flying off the damn board. I, I think I saw three today that had quarterback, 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 first four picks. Yeah, and if that's the case, like it's not out of the question that Jamar Chase falls to him. I still think he's the top wide receiver in this class, and so he'll probably be like the fifth guy off in that scenario. But you know, if you got a guy, you got a team that needs an offensive tackle and, and wants to get one right away, Tool is, is a guy that could be a top five pick too. And, and maybe someone falls in love with Kyle Pitts and, and whatever, may, maybe. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be happy with, if they grab any of those top three receivers. I might come around to Kyle Pitts by the time we hit April um, there at seven. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot of wrong answers for the lines of seven, to be honest. Devonta Devonta Smith is rising up. I know he like graded like he came out like 170 at Alabama Pro Day. He does not look just 170 to me, though. Um, but it's, but th- that's the only rub of his game. And it's a big rub yeah. because there's there's very little precedent. He's if he succeeds, mm-hmm. he's going to be one of the biggest outliers in, in wide receiver history in terms of weight. Um but that's that's the only knock on him. Yep. I'm fine with it, though. Totally fine with it. I'm fine with I'm, a lot of things right now. Oh, you're a little scared over there, Ryan. I'm, I'm not fine with it. To be <laughs> honest, I don't I don't want to. <laughs> Here's what I think is so important for Brad Holmes to build some. Mo- oh, Jeremy's going to hate this, but build some momentum with this draft. I think I think there's all right. I think that there's more, and I, Jeremy, you wouldn't argue with this, I don't think, but like, don't you think there's more momentum in like team building from like year to year versus like within like the confines of a game? I'm not going to get you to budge at all whatsoever. I think think you learn from mistakes, hopefully. You you, you no longer take a a corner that that is slow in the draft. Hmm. The Lions learning from mistakes. 
<laughs> would be the day. Say like, you know, like not taking a tight end to the top 10. <laughs> it, might, it might take three times to figure that one out. Apparently. It might take more. So I, I think for me, it's yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. Like, I don't think anything's really changed. Like there's still a lot of difference. I think the interest in quarterback, the top of the draft probably means lions are out when it comes to quarterback, but that's totally fine for me because I'm not really biting on any of them besides Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I don't, that's, I, I'm not believing in Trey Lance right now. I'm just not. I, maybe I got to go watch tape and smash myself over the head with a bat or something before I uh, get into that boat. I, I think another sticking point surrounding the discourse on whether or not to go, you know, with one of the receivers or to take a linebacker like Micah Parsons. I think that is another really interesting dynamic that's going to yeah. unfold over the next, you know, however many weeks until the draft because. There's this discussion going on about the value of off ball linebackers. And well, if the value, you know, if the value is to take an offensive player, do you pass on a guy like Parsons, even though we just talked a segment ago about how the Lions have literally brought in zero linebackers this free agency? Yeah, I I could see it. This is where I feel like I need to start doing more research when it comes to like day two. Especially because we, I, uh, how many positions did we say last segment where it's like, yeah, they could, they should probably be looking at someone in the draft, but if you're day two or they have six like, picks, <laughs> they do. And that's the other story is that, um, comp picks, man. Next year, baby, we're going to have a boatload of them. Mm-hmm. Any Galladay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, bud. Thanks for the parting gift. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think part, part of the equation here too, is like, we're just a week into free agency. There's a full month before the draft. The lines are going to sign a handful of guys, a lot of guys, ones that'll mm-hmm. probably start, if not, you know, have some sort of rotational role. So like while that offensive line depth looks really bad right now, they'll probably add a body before the draft while linebacker looks horrible right now. They'll, they'll add a body before draft. I think they had a corner and a safety before the draft, maybe multiple of both. So you know, you don't want it like, like always the, the strategy is to make sure you fill needs in free agency. You get talent in the draft and that's, that goes especially for a team rebuild. You're not trying to build a team that's ready right now through the draft. You don't need to fill those immediate needs in the draft because these are guys that you are hoping are hitting their strides two, three years down the line when this team is actually really, really good fingers crossed. So, I mean, that's why, in general, like if we're talking about the draft, nothing's changed. Nothing. And 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 we can even go back to the quarterback talk because I I don't think quarterback is off the table. I don't want to see them get aggressive and trade up because I think those future assets are important to a rebuild, important to building a team. You know, Mike Payton had an article today. It's important to build a team too. We can't just throw all our resources into the new, new quarterback and expect, hey, he's our new savior. Suddenly he's good. We just got rid of a pretty good quarterback and it didn't bring us a lot of team success. So let's let's use all these fun new things that Stafford got us and and make sure we we get a team room the other thing i want to bring up <laughs> that's kind of come from this week is and i i saw it on another show we'll just say that we'll say another show and i've heard it from some fans and i know it came up during your locker room session jeremy but the idea that the team is trying too hard this year is suddenly rearing its head in a way that I'm not, I guess I'm not comfortable with it. The idea that 
like it, it, it's it, it's it's the age old thing though right it's this is min maxing trying to leverage your your uh it, you're trying to tank at like that at least that's what fans want to see the team more outright tank i think um and i've got thoughts on that but i'll let you guys go first well i mean i don't i don't get the fans that think this team is like being aggressive towards this year. I don't see that at all with these moves. I'm seeing them taking a lot of risk on a lot of guys who, who need a, an opportunity to prove it. You know, Tyrell Williams isn't investing in this year to, to be great. And neither is Khalif Raymond or Rashad Perriman. These are guys that need, need a shot. They need a yeah, shot and so they can get paid next year. And the Lions are going to give it to them because they don't have any depth. Like, I, I don't really see this whole like the lines are going too hard in on this year. Where? Like, yeah, Michael I think Brockers, I started hearing this around Michael like Jamal Parker Williams. Yeah, it was Brockers. And but like I started hearing it around the Jamal Williams signings when I first started to hear it. But I mean, OK, like, I don't know. Like, I again, I, if we if we were going to criticize Brockers because, yeah, OK, he's a 30 year old guy. You just gave a three year deal to he's not going to be a building block to the future. What are you doing getting him? Well, you have to start somewhere with this this future, this building of a culture, this building of a defense that knows what they're doing. You throw a bunch of newbies together, you're going to get the the bad news bears. You're going to get the the little giants. And, and there isn't a, a fairy tale ending to the end of, of that story because you're just going to get a <laughs> bunch of people like Matt Patricia's defense. No one knows what the hell they're doing because no one's there to lead him. Except, you know, maybe I'm not giving enough credit to this this coaching staff but i feel like everyone's also giving them a little too much credit before they've done anything i know they're a bunch of former players i know they can probably relate to these guys a little bit more but you also need a guy who can currently do it and michael brockers is a guy i think that i guess i guess he would be the one that draws the most criticism that they're trying too hard right now i think he makes way too much sense to to set the tone for what this team needs in the future and so i got no problem mike anything run I don't know. That was a really good point. Nice job, Jeremy. <laughs> you are rewarded 300 points. I, can I ask uh, a quick question, yeah. Jeremy? Um, specifically in regards to quarterback at number seven, yeah. does a Jared Goff restructure change your opinion of being aggressive to get a quarterback this this draft? Um, A little bit. And, you know, I was talking with, with Eric and uh, and Andrew about this. And because the lines are so tight against the cap right now, one one option they could do is do the restructure after the draft because, you know, they need that eight, seven to nine million to sign their draft class. Well, you don't have to sign your draft class until June. So you, you wait to create that cap space then. And in the meantime, you kind of hide your 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 options, your what your plan is. If you don't, I mean, as, as soon as you give him that extension, well, yeah, then it's kind of like, okay, well, we're committing to him for probably at least that third year. Do you really want to draft a rookie quarterback whose first three years are going to be on the bench? It worked for the Packers, but not not a lot of other good stories there. You want you want that starting quarterback on a rookie deal if you're going rookie quarterback route. So I would say the if they give him a restructure, then, then yeah, I think it, it becomes a little bit harder to um, – convince both me and and probably the rest of the nfl that, that you're going quarterback early yeah i think that's a great point or is that it are we done do we no i was I, I i'm trying to figure out how to how to like transition back now like i wanted to go back to the other point now i kind of feel like we're just bouncing around now so i think we solved um, all the world's problems no i just i i just don't understand i just don't understand the tank thing that's all i'm still hung up on that i'm sorry like this 
Just, well, I, uh, okay, then why don't, why don't you go into why, even even if the team was, if, if people are looking at the, the way they're building this roster and somehow think they're trying to win too hard, too too much, too hard right now, why is that stupid? Why, why is no, that? No, I just, I, 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 because you don't win by hat, by where your position is in the first round in the draft. And I think these people, like for those who are, you're kind of way too focused on the idea of a quarterback is the main takeaway for being in the, 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 the quarterback is your main prize for the, for the draft, which I can understand if you were a quarterback away, but we've seen, we just saw a team win who basically put all the other p- pieces together and then got a quarterback. We've seen teams being able to trade for the quarterback, like the Rams and the Lions have a shitload of, uh, of, of assets to really do this. And I'm going to steal this from Chris Gibbs from Twitter, who uh, pointed out it's like, because I, I invoked that this this I, I feel like every time we start talking about tanking, we're, we're basing too much on the NBA model, right? Like, I think the NBA is bad for us talking about the NFL in general, because people look at quarterbacks and they think about the quarterback as the winner in a Michael Jordan archetype. Right. And that comes from the NBA tanking the archetype. But that comes from the NBA. But the problem is, as, as Gibbs pointed out to me, was, you know, if you're drafting late in the first round in the NBA, you're trying to get like a, a rotational bench player someone who can develop into a starter later on in the NFL. Even if you're drafting around 20, you're, you're getting a starter. You're getting a starter. It's, it's much better to just have more picks and like just a multitude of picks. Cause you just got so many more positions than to worry about getting up to like five versus seven or two versus seven. And just I, I just don't the NFL just doesn't work like that. And it's too hard to guarantee that it doesn't work like that. And you put yourself in too much of a crater by debilitating yourself to then come back out of that crater is going to take a lot longer. And you're probably going to screw up some of your some of your draft picks until that point. Like, like you simply put, when's yeah. the last time one draft pick saved a franchise? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is probably the closest example. And guess what? They were picking they had all the pieces originally. Yeah, they but they, picking, they traded up. And, and to my point, they had all those pieces ready to go there. Like they had, they were, that was already a good flying yeah. offense yeah, in exactly. Kansas City. They already arrived. had Andy Reid. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. Tanking doesn't solve a lot of problems. I, I just, I, need, I, I just, yeah. People just, people just look at, you know, well, what if the Lions had lost two more games last year? Well, then, you know, they, they got um, Chase, you know, they, they, they got this one guy and like, okay, then what? Like, what about the rest of the team? What about the secondary? What about the wide receivers? Like, where are they with the rest of the team? Like Chase Young does not save everything. Uh, it, it's, it's a nice player to have. It's a nice building piece, but like, if you're a good franchise, you need about seven or eight more of those guys. So one one year of tank isn't going to do it. Yeah, and I just it 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 just yeah. doesn't impact me. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, he was, and I was just agreeing emphatically. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I just want to throw that because it's going to become more of a topic. I feel like in the coming month that more people are going to look at this Lions roster, and you're going to see a lot of fans saying, "I don't want this team to try," and I just don't see the downside of trying. I just don't. And do you know when it gets worse? It gets worse when college football season starts oh, and God. there's a an anointed quarterback that is going to be number one. And then it's going to be all ablaze on Lions Twitter. Are you sure we're going to have that? Because I'm over. the same people are telling me left and right. There's no quarterbacks coming out in 2022 that compare to this class in 2021. 
happens every single year, doesn't it? Every yeah. single year. Without fail, because they don't realize what the transfer portal is. Like, I consider myself someone who's at least, like, tuned in adjacently from college football. And, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know who Zach Wilson was two years ago. Yeah. Now he's going to be the second round in the pit in the in the draft. Come on. Yeah, you're going to see like JT Daniels finally get to start at Georgia this year, like a guy who was really vaunted coming out of high school who never got like a good start chance to start at USC because of because of injuries. We're going to see a bunch of guys like only play one year starter now in college between that and the transfer portal like. Personally, yeah, yeah. I, I just think I think everyone in college football is going to suck next year, <laughs> especially Michigan. Yeah. Every, well, well, OK, that was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're a basketball, we're a basketball school. school. <laughs> you know what? You know what? As as a guy who oh went to USC, I, I'm, I'm right there with Jeremy. Actually, <laughs> I'm right there with. Jeremy. All right. I think we wrap it up there. Uh, that was fun. We'll have more fun next podcast and we'll probably uh, look towards what happens next. And as Jeremy says, there's going to be a lot more of the f- a free agency to come. I just feel like we got the big flurry out of the way this week. We've won complete. We won the, we won the off season, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> For myself, find me on Twitter. Oh, God. Find myself on Twitter at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy's at at Detroit on Lion. Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore P-O-D. We'll catch you next time. Go Lions. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.